We're ready to begin our teleconference titled, So You Want to Buy a Building? Before I introduce our guest expert, let me say that this seminar is a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. We welcome our teleconference participants who include CEDF clients, business owners from across Connecticut, and counselors from Yukon Small Business Development Center. For practicality and to improve the call quality, we're muting the lines of everyone listening in. We have questions that we invited registrants to submit in advance, and we'll get to as many as the hour permits. The presentation is being recorded, and CEDF will make the program available on our website in the coming days at cedf.com forward slash recorded presentations. Our guest today is CEDF's Director of Lending, Karen Tessman. Karen has enjoyed a 22-year career in banking and financial services, which overlapped 10 years as a small business owner in the gas station, car wash, and convenience store industry. Her experience spans business and consumer lending, residential and commercial mortgages, and insurance, and Karen has extensive experience in SBA and commercial and industrial business lending. Karen, we appreciate you making uh, time to help us understand this uh, complicated topic of buying a building. Certainly. So let's get to uh, our questioning. Many business owners are attracted to the idea of owning their own building. The reasons might include a perception that their occupancy costs will be lower, that they'll control more of their own business destiny, or that they'll have another kind of financial investment. Are these all valid reasons, and, and what are the downsides? They are all valid reasons. Um, you know, and it could be different scenarios, as you stated, um, occupancy costs. Yeah, sometimes they're lower, sometimes they're similar. Um, you know, the loan payment, um, given the structure, um, it, might actually, it might actually be lower than what you are paying in a rent. Of course, you're not adding in all the other costs, which we'll get to later. But um, I think um, looking at it as an investment, whether you wanted to run your business out of there for the next so many years until it's paid off or, or just want to keep it as an investment, sell your business and then just um, use it on rent, whatever it may be, um, that's, that's up to the individual. What are some of the downsides? Well, um, you could outgrow the location and then you're... you're left with um, the location that you want to sell and then move all your things, so that's something you might want to think about. Um, are there renovations that need to be done inside, um, you know, outside of the cost of the building? A seller that's not willing to um, negotiate the cost of someone, and only because it might be costs related to getting your business um, um, suitable, uh, a building suitable for your business. And then, um, you know, other costs related as well. But I, I think that um, owning some real estate is always something um, a business owner could strive for. But buying a commercial building is not exactly like buying a house, which I think most of us uh, are more familiar with. Uh, what are some of the additional steps and complications with a transaction related to um, a commercial building? like permitting and environmental testing and, and just the general conditions of the property. Right, absolutely. Um, again, it all depends on the type of business that you're running. Um, 
Now, it, now also, in terms of permitting, it could be the type of business that you are, if you're a restaurant, does it have the ventilation system? Um, if you are a business and you want to add on, um, and just you know, equipment, bathrooms, uh, electrical, um, that's kind of the permitting area. I mean, is it suitable for what you want to do? Those are the main things you really have to, my um, environmental testing is uh, actually a phase one, which is more of a historical look back on who occupied, occupied the property years past. And that sh that'll probably cost any building, uh, anybody looking to buy a building, up to about five thousand dollars, typical any between two and three thousand. So, what does a phase one mean, and how complicated does this get? Um, it's it typically can be done with inside of a week. Um, it's not that complicated. It's all done historical records. So the environment you have to hire an environmental agency, um, which is typically done with a lender. A lender will have various relationships um, across the area, and they will just go and see. Um, who has occupied the property before. I mean, you could be, it could be a restaurant today, but going back 20, 30, 40 years, if it's an older property, it could have been occupied by a gas station, which which would then say to a lender, guess what, we got to do a phase two. How, now, much, how much would that cost? Oh, gosh, phase two can get anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000. Um, doing some ground testing, uh, that's, that's when it gets a little bit more complicated. Um, and the environmental company, um, that would probably take anywhere, probably about 30 days, maybe even more, um, just to do the, the, the testing. They have to dig wells, things of that nature. So that's really something you want to think about. Um, now, where does it really come into play with environmental testing? You um, Car washes, um, if they have a gas station on, on the property, they might be have to go to phase two, but typically they can get away with a phase one repair shops, um, and why would you say repair shops? Well, some of the old lifts used oil to lift, and that did um, cause a big environmental problem on a lot of repair shops in the past. Uh, so it all depends if they're using air, like the more common ones today, or if they are still using the oil, uh, oil systems where they're lifting uh, the lift systems. Gas stations typically require phase two. Anybody pumps gas and you pull it out of your car, boom, you know, a couple droplets of, of gas and there you have a dirty property. <laughs> so, but phase two, this is just the testing of it, the, not the mitigation necessarily, right? That, that is correct, Fred. Um, and the mitigation can be very costly. Um, you, it's, keep in mind, if, if you are a, um, if you're a gas station owner, you're leasing your gas station and you have the opportunity to buy it. There should be records anyway that have to that were done by the owner of the property and um, continuous testing that they do. There's typically wells on every single gas station property, and what they do is they do water well testing and they or the, um, they dig wells and they do water testing. They do uh, soil testing, and it's done quarterly. State of Connecticut has very strict environmental laws, and they require this. So. Good news is you're going to be ahead of the game, and you're going to see where where things are. But to answer your question, to mitigate it, that that's a case by case basis, but it can be very. Possible. 
but but you could be in a situation where you've spent tens of thousands of dollars and then not really bought the building or, or don't want to buy the building anymore after uh, what's been discovered potentially. Right. Well, here's the good news. You know, again, depending on the type of business that you are, uh, the phase one, uh, which is, you know, a couple thousand dollars or like I said, up up to 5,000, depending on the size of the property, size of the building. But your average size building is probably around anywhere from two to three thousand, maybe even fifteen hundred. You'll you'll know the historical, um, you know. And and if you are buying a gas station, just ask for the records before you even put a dime into that. Um, they they should be um, the seller should be forthcoming with all those records. Now, in terms of conditions, um, you know you could uh, there might be some noticeable things um, that you see cracks or in the foundation or you see the HVAC or, or, or um, just um, things inside the building that just need to be done. You can negotiate that in the price or you can request uh, them to be done um, prior prior to the purchase. And that all could be done in the purchase agreement. Um, but that, that pretty much, you really, buying a commercial property obviously is a very big investment. You should really do a lot of your homework on all of those things, um, the permitting and, and um, the environmental is a very, very big issue. I suppose that the maintenance uh, is really kind of an overlooked item also, because just like a homeowner finds out when they um, have to uh, do all the routine things like uh, repairing a roof or replacing a roof or uh, painting the house every few years, uh, it's going to add up quite a bit. Uh, and it's a little more expensive in a commercial environment, I would think. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you even even with a house, you own a house, and if you or if you rent a house, you, you pay uh, monthly rent. And you don't know what's going on, what the homeowner is doing. And anytime something goes on in the house, you just call up the homeowner or the, the landlord and say, "Hey, fix it." It's very similar. So when you are leasing a property, it all depends if you have a triple net lease or um, if your if your lease payment um, does not include all of the the maintenance costs. Sometimes they do. So you know that that's good because then it would be similar. Um, if you were to purchase, um, but that is definitely the most overlooked thing. Because you're the um, landlord now. <laughs> you're the landlord now. You you cannot go and say, hey, um, you know, you, you sold me this property and, you know, I'm only in year two and my, the HVAC system went. Now I'm in to $30,000 bill where I've got to replace the, the parking lot or, like you said, the roof. <laughs> i got to paint the building that can cost twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Absolutely. And, you know, to get to get ahead of the game on that um, in purchasing, you could always make yourself a little, you know, you you could put some money away in an account every month just for maintenance costs. So that that's something that always can be. Um, but you want to make sure that with your payment, your monthly mortgage payment plus the maintenance costs, don't far exceed what you're paying out. Okay. Well, what about um, I guess just the transaction itself? For instance, the uh, the cost of the brokerage. Uh, if you're using a commercial real estate agent to help uh, find a property, um, well, doesn't the buyer end up paying for that sort of service? It does, but, you know, the buyer, well, it could be different. You can negotiate with, with the seller um, to, to have that um, split. Um, it all depends if your, your broker um, contacts another broker and, you know, they, they have to split the commission. Um, I mean, typical commissions are... Um, I've seen 6%, 8%, I've even seen 10%. Um, they, they, they could be 
it all depends on your buying the business with with the the, the property, um, which could be anywhere from ten to twelve percent, and they charge the business as well. But what are some of the advantages? I mean, you have some advantages because you're going to say, listen, I want I'm I'm looking to put a restaurant or some kind of a retail place. You know, we always say location, location, location. You need to make sure that um, you're in a you're in a spot where you can generate the business that you need. So that broker can typically really, really, um, they know their market, and they know the you know they know the market that you're looking in in the industry. So um, given given a good broker, they should be able to find you several different areas uh, to fit your budget and your needs. Well, um, is there a way to budget for these expenses uh, in some sort of general sense, uh, such as a, a pre- uh, like a percentage uh, of the presumed sale price? Because, you know, you, you, you probably have a range of the price that you're willing to uh, eventually uh, put onto the, uh, the transaction. But um, what would be a rule of thumb that uh, you might want to uh, include in order to be sure that you aren't short? Uh, with all of these uh, costs that we've been talking about here. Right. You don't want to make sure that the price that you're paying for the building, it absolutely probably you know, considers the, the, the broker uh, commission in there. You, you want to make sure you negotiate the absolute best price um, that you can for um, to, to make um, everything work in terms of being pretty close to your lease payment and, and plus the maintenance costs, things of that nature. Um, to, in order to um, budget for something like that and understand, again, there's a lot of outside work that um, a potential buyer can do on their own. Um, there's broker opinions. Um, you can go onto Google, onto Zillow, onto realestate.com. You can even, you can even, um, uh, go on to assessors, uh, vision vision appraisal, and try to understand where it is in the market now. Typically, those are a little bit lower than than what they are um, than what they do sell for, um, because they go off of sales in the area, um, and it might be just different. But it's a good base to get from and, and be able to budget when you when you negotiate. What are the typical requirements now for for getting financing for a commercial building? Let's let's talk about down payments and, and the terms of the loan and interest rates, because again, that's going to be very different uh, than a residential transaction. Yes, it is very different. And again, it all depends on the type of building, type of business um, that you're, you're looking to do. Um, first off, um, you have different types of, of programs that finance the buildings. You have conventional financing through a bank, um, and a bank can also offer financing um, by way of an SBA program, whether it be the 7A or the 504 program. Um, the difference between those two... Um, These are SBA programs, is that right? The SBA program via the 7A and the, and the 504. Now, the difference between the conventional versus the SBA programs is the SBA typically um, will, will provide you you don't have to put as much money down. It's usually around 10%. And if you, you know, if it's a gas station car wash, it's it's more like 15. Um, conventional, they'll look to look for anywhere from 20 to 30%, again, depending on industry. Now, also, the terms are a little different, too, Fred. Um, for an SBA program, they'll give you a fixed, they will give you a fixed interest rate up to 25 years. 
Um, whereas a conventional loan will typically be have a term anywhere from five to ten years um, and then it'll be amateurized over 20 years or 15 years. It all depends again on the industry and uh, the risk to the bank. Um, so if you're looking to keep more money in your pocket um, but you still want to, the 10% down the SBA um, is definitely an option. How, how difficult is it, uh, relatively speaking, for small businesses to to qualify under conventional financing with a bank versus um, these SBA programs? Um, but yeah, that's a great question. Um, typically, someone who will be able to be bankable on a conventional program will have a business that's really showing profitability for the last three years. Um, now, it doesn't say that a bank won't finance um, um, an individual, um, but they will do, but they'll use the SBA program, and that's that's the um, also another advantage of the program. Um, so they're they're look they're looking at profitability. The banks, um, the and, and so is an SBA lender. Let's be honest. However, they're not looking back three years. I think a lot of them will go um, anywhere at 12, 12 months in business, eighteen months in business. It all depends, and there's even more aggressive lenders out there. Um, but typically, the rule of thumb is. Give it about two years. If I was if I was uh, looking to buy a building, look at look at it two years. Make sure you're you're putting all of your revenue and profitability in your tax returns, and that that will help you.